Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. I'm Joe, a grateful compulsive overeater, 100 pounder. Uh, Thank you all for being here. And I want to thank everyone who's listening in the future on the recording. Um, Let's see. Goodness. How, how it, uh, how it was, it was not good. It was very bad. Um, You know, food was a tool of soothing and a tool of uh, uh, repressing feelings for me and my family. Uh, it was an inherited, I, I think it's a mixture of, of, uh, hereditary genes and brain wiring and learned behavior. And certainly there are addicts of all colors in my family. Some, uh, got recovery in these programs and some, uh, passed from these diseases. Um, but I'm grateful. And I call myself a survivor today because uh, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any, any mental illness. And so I, that's a literal, that's literal when I say survivor. Um, so in my family, uh, there was a lot of using food that way. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, emotional eating happens to everybody, but compulsive overeating is a special monster. Um, so, you know, as a result of that, I would, you know, the more control I had over food, the more uh, out of control I was with the food. Um, when I was old enough to cook, you know, I would be making just sugary and carby things and downing them made for a family uh, or going back for second and third portions. And it's not like my first portion was dainty. Uh, and I put on a lot of weight quickly. And, um, you know, as a result, my mother was taking me to the doctor constantly. And uh, so every six months I had a cholesterol test and the numbers were always bad and they always got worse. And, you know, that instilled in me this kind of uh, just kind of uh, resentment of doctors, but also this idea that I was wrong and had to be fixed, which is a deadly uh, emotional uh, thing to, to, to give to someone. Um, you know, my mother never dealt with her trauma. She, she never really fully processed the things that my grandfather did to her, among other things. And uh, unfortunately, um, her, her way of uh, expressing that trauma was to uh, take it out on me and my dad. Uh, so there was a lot of raging uh, over the smallest of things. She would go into a rage. And um, there was a lot of emotional abuse. The, the favorite thing to say was, how could you be so stupid? I remember hearing that. And, um, you know, that instilled in me this idea that I was bad, that I was worthless, that I deserved this treatment. And, uh, and also, you know, on a, on another level that all women hated me and that really damaged my ability to exist in this world. Um, and, uh, it really affected a lot of my relationships with people of all genders in all, in all kinds of relationships. Um, so I continued to gain weight over the years, the older I got, um, I got into high school and, um, I lost some weight on a very unhealthy diet, which I won't dignify 
my uh, with a name because it doesn't matter. And uh, I got a girlfriend. <laughs> and um, I say I got a girlfriend because we just decided to be in a relationship. We didn't date. We didn't. We were friends, uh, and uh, we were both uh, had a lot of unhealed trauma, and uh, there was a lot of abuse on her end and a lot of neglect on my end, and it didn't last very long. But I, I, in my head, I had this um, kind of understanding, oh, you know, I, getting a girlfriend means losing weight. And uh, so I said, well, I'll date when I lose weight, and I never did. I never lost weight because <laughs> I'm a compulsive overeater and 100-pounder, and uh, I hadn't gone into the program yet to get recovery. So the years went by, my weight went up. Uh, I went through college and I was very active in college. And I think that kept my weight from really skyrocketing. But when I graduated from college, and by the way, I did not date at all through this period of, during my twenties. Um, I, I just didn't, I, I was too terrified of that because they'd have to look at my body and they didn't want that. You know? And I think body image and sexuality needs to be talked about more in, in this program. So, um, I left college. I didn't have any plan. I sat around. I kind of rent, fell into a huge depression. Part of it, the dis- disease psychology, part of it being clinically depressed. And I sat around and watched TV all day and ate food. And finally, my mom uh, and dad were like, "You either need to go back to school, or yeah, you need to get dropped because uh, you can't just do this anymore." So, I um, I got a job at a library. Um, and within two weeks, they were impressed with the work I was doing and they tried, they, they promoted me, which was a, a name, a promotion and name only. There was no, like, more, there was more responsibility, but no more pay. And uh, I just screwed that up totally. And uh, I almost got fired and I actually snapped at a librarian, which I don't remember that happening, but I take their word for it. And that was, you know, the beginning of really seeing I was hitting my bottom. And uh, by the grace of God, I took. I, I, I accepted my original position instead of getting fired, but the relief that I got from going back to that old position really scared me. I'm like, why am I so relieved about going back to this, this lower position? I'm in my late twenties now and I'm working at a college job and I can barely like handle the, the, the minimum amount of responsibility. So not long after that, you know, my weight was really at a high. I was having a lot of health problems. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try one more diet because I've been trying diets throughout this time, uh, throughout, throughout my life. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to give up. Well, guess what? It didn't work because I can't do diets because I'm a compulsive reader. And for four months, I just really binged myself into oblivion. And then I said, you know, I have a problem and I need to do something about it. So I came into this program in 2012, completely terrified and defeated and sad. And when I came into the room and I went to the artist and abstinence meeting in Hollywood, for those of you who know, it, that was my first ever ingenuine OA meeting. I did go five years earlier. My mother kind of forced me to go and I just saw it through the lens of the issues I had with her. So I didn't stay. Um, but I walked in and said, wow, there's all these other people in this room. Uh, and I didn't even hear like the message yet. And I was just, I felt at home like, oh, there's all these other people who have my problem. And that, that liar disease tells us that we're alone. You know, that was, that was broken that day. And the speaker, just uh, everything he said, just connected with me, even though his story was a lot different from mine, there was just something about it. And I walked up to him, I said, what did I do? And he said, go to this meeting. There are a lot of long timers with a lot of sponsors. You can go. And so I did. And I missed the speak. I was so late because it was on the other side of town. 
And uh, the, that guy walked up to me while I was trying to find his number in the book, being terrified and just so shy. And he walked up to me and I almost dropped the book. And he's like, hey, you know, my name's Matt. And I said, hi. And he, and, you know, he said, here's my number, call me. And the next day I called him, I said, will you be my sponsor? He said, yes. And here I am nine years later. He and I've been working together for nine years. And um, my life has just irrevocably changed for the better because of this program by just working the steps and maintaining a food plan and calling people when I want to eat. I mean, it's that simple. Um, I have, in that first year, I lost the weight, the hundred pounds, but I was still the same guy with the same problems. Like, yes, my health problems were a lot better. My numbers were getting better, but emotionally I was the same guy. So I started clearing away the wreckage of my past. And uh, it took a few years for me to really kind of own my issues around uh, romance, sexuality, dating, uh, and I went into another program for that where I identify as an anorexic because I'm a compulsive overeater with food, but I'm an anorexic with life. You know, I really run from the things of life because I'm terrified of being intimate with someone else. So I finally, uh, I worked another program around dating and romance and relationships. And I, uh, I got cleared by my sponsor to date in 2020, March of 2020, early March of 2020. Uh, yeah. And I kept dating somehow that worked. I kept going through it. And, uh, and then I had to stop because both of my parents were diagnosed with cancer in the same month. Uh, life shows up whether we're in program or not. And, uh, my mother is now cancer free. And unfortunately they caught my dad's cancer too late and he passed in February, um, uh, of last year. So I'm coming up on that anniversary and I'm feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it. Um, and then right after a few months later, I, I met my partner. We started dating. We got into a relationship. And it was the first time I'd been in a real relationship. And I had never been intimate with anyone. My high school girlfriend and I never got there. I was too terrified. I kept running away whenever she would make an overture. And uh, So my, my therapist said, do a body image exercise. And I mentioned this because that, image, that exercise changed my life. Before that exercise... I couldn't take my shirt off at the beach without being uncomfortable. After I did that exercise and she witnessed me and I was seen for the first time without clothes on, without the fears of being rejected or being told I was disgusting or whatever I was afraid of, uh, I started looking into modeling. Um, I've been to clothing optional events without wear not wearing clothes and enjoying them, yoga and other things, and just being willing to be seen in that way. All because of that exercise, it changed me 180 in that one moment. And my body dysmorphia was really, I got a lot of healing off of that. I'm not completely cured. I never cured. That still comes up. But in certain safe spaces, I have no problem not wearing clothes. And that is a miracle. Because even though I put on weight during COVID, I did, um, I did struggle with my dad's death and being furl furloughed at work and being isolated from people for long periods of time. I did struggle and food. I did put on weight. You know, I kept my food plan. I didn't break my abstinence, but certainly food started to creep back in. And so I started changing my plan and, and making, making the adjustments that needed to be made um, and, uh, and, and all that. And the stuff that we do when once we're sane and, and we're around the food, higher power gives us insanity and then we make the choices once we're sane. And that's what I started to do. Um, and uh, I went on in that relationship. I was intimate for the first time with a partner. 
Um, and again, I was witnessed and there was nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with my body that I was worried about. And so this program has given me my life in more ways than I can imagine. And I'm starting to have uh, changes in my career, uh, going back to acting again. I've, I'm doing, I'm finding uh, ultimate means of income in order to uh, be able to, uh, in order to have the flexibility to audition again. And I'm working a program around my career as well. So there's a bunch of things going on. And all of that, everything in my life, every gift, everything I've been given, all because of this program and working this program. And you know what? If the food comes back into my life, like that, those things start to disappear because I can't manage the life that I have that has come, be the bigger life that I have in between because of these programs, if I'm in the food, everything starts to get fuzzy. So as I, as I go through this program, I came into this program looking for ways to fix myself. And what I actually learned was how to love myself. More specifically, I remembered how to love myself because I knew how to do that until I was raised in the family I was raised in, which taught me how to hate myself, both in the behavior towards me, but also the way my mother and father treated themselves as well. Um, and, you know, it's my responsibility to, to heal that damage in the program. My higher power is my parent now. And I also parent myself and I'm responsible for my own emotional needs. And I, I have to deal with those and take care of them before involving myself with others today. Um, so by working this program, I've been given not only a physical life, but I've been given a spiritual life. And any, any problem in my life has a spiritual solution. Um, and uh, there's more levels to come. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I screw up on my food plan sometimes. Uh, I don't do my work. Uh, I drag my feet on things. Uh, look, I'm nine years into this program and I'm on my 10th step for the first time. It's taken me nine years to do 10 steps. That's okay. It takes as long as it needs to. And in, in, in subsequent programs, I've cut that in half each time, the amount of time it takes to get through the, the steps. And, you know, like I would not do it any differently. I am very grateful for the recovery that I've been given. And uh, I get to give that back by sponsoring, uh, by taking outreach calls, by speaking at this meeting with all of you here today and those listening in the future. In the future. Um, so having said that, and I haven't heard a five-minute warning yet, uh, but uh, that may, I don't know if that's where I'm at in that. Uh, you have 44 seconds left and then another five. Hey, okay, great. So let's see here. What else is there to say? Um, I think that to reiterate some of the things I said earlier, what this program is, when we say working program, what we mean is getting a sponsor and working the steps. That is working program. Going to meetings is wonderful, and you should do it until you're ready to, to do other things. But going to meetings in and of themselves is not working the program. Uh, sticking to a food plan by yourself is not working the program. Um, we can't do this alone. We need somebody with a sober brain to guide us and say things like, um, this is what I did and here's my experience. Or on, on rare occasions, eh, stop, stop that bullshit, sit down, sit down, listen. 
Um, so it just kind of depends. But I can say that um, what the, the number one quality that I needed for success in this program is willingness. Willingness. I had to be willing to do, to follow my teachable instruction and not, not follow the, my, my sponsor's will and do whatever he tells me to do because he's, because he's my, he's my higher power. No, he's not my boss. Uh, he's guiding me through the recovery and he's doing in his program. He's walking me through the program. He was walked through. It's like, this is what I did to get sober. And so now you follow these instructions and you can get sober the same way. I remember when I, in my I don't know, first six months, when I was still, you know, at a heavier body weight, um, I uh, was at a meeting with him and he was at a healthy body weight at the time. It still is, but he showed me pictures of him at 340 pounds. And I just looked at those pictures and it was like, you know, it's like, is this Photoshop? Is this like, what is this? I don't understand. And he looked at me and he said, it's not magic. You know, it's just a program. Um, the benefits of, of this is like some people say, come for the vanity, stay for the sanity. I came for the sanity. But what I like about the vanity part of it is like whatever motivates to get you in the program, uh, the recovery of compulsive reader and 100 pounders, especially, but anyone who's suffered with uh, being overweight, uh, seeing that people can lose weight and keep weight off in this program is a great motivator to get started. It is a spiritual program with a spiritual solution, but it's helpful to have that on the surface. Because if you're anything like me, uh, vanity played a huge role in your life. <laughs> so whatever motivates. Um, but yeah, I, I healed from my emotional and spiritual anorexia in this program, uh, or am healing, I should say not healed completely. Uh, you know, I was willing to be seen. I started dressing nicer, uh, in September, I decided to change my hair color and do a really bright, beautiful bluish green. Um, and it just makes me happy to look in the mirror and that's why I did it. I just love seeing it. Um, and it just represents a certain part of my personality. Um, and, uh, and then the challenge of color coordinating with that hair, uh, which is fun. Uh, but certainly it's, it's, a, it's a symptom of the recovery in this program that I can dress nice. I can go on dates and I'm dating again um, uh, and go on dates and, and just be myself and not try to pretend to be someone else that I think that this person wants. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I go on to the next day, it doesn't crush me. Um, and, and to just say things like to anyone, I'm not comfortable with that, or mm, I have to think about that. Those four words, um, uh, I guess five words uh, are really powerful, are really, really powerful because um, before I would just agree to anything anybody else said, it's the codependency is programming from my childhood. Now I don't do that anymore, you know, uh, to the best of my ability, uh, imperfectly imperfect, perfectly imperfect. Um, I say, I'll have to think about that. You know, uh, sometimes I can compulsively give away my time. So I have to be firm on my boundaries and really take time to think about a commitment before saying yes. Uh, I'm actually writing my story. I'm writing an article about my story for uh, for uh, for a, a website to publish anonymously. And uh, I went on a podcast recently to tell my story as well uh, around dating and, and relationships and and, and recovery. Um, you know, being a, a virgin at 36 
finally having that experience, breaking my virginity, giving it away, uh, was really powerful. And it's a story that I think a lot of people can relate to. Uh, there are way more people, uh, way more virgins uh, in their 30s than we think. Because uh, I've talked to them uh, after meetings. They've come up to me or messaged me privately or emailed me privately. Um, just not ready to talk about it in public. So I say, I think it's ready. I think we're, it's time to talk about it. I think it's time to talk about it. Um, and get past that stigma. Get, get that stigma out of here. So if you're new, keep coming back. The food is the is what we do to avoid the problems. The real problems are underneath, and it takes time to dig down and uh, and get to those problems. But this program has a spiritual solution. That doesn't mean religion. That doesn't That's necessarily time, mean the word Jeff. God. Thank you, time. Uh, all that means is creating a higher power that works for you, and it can be anything you want it to be. That isn't you. It has to be bigger than you, and uh, you can the, the you know. The group, the OA group as a whole, the worldwide OA fellowship can be your higher power. You know, the doorknob can be your higher power as long as, as long as it's not you, because our ego gets in the way, unfortunately. So thank you for letting me share. I hope you got something out of it. If you didn't, there's plenty of other shares uh, coming your way in the meetings, or if you're listening online uh, through um, the podcast, there's so many wonderful stories to, to pick from. And one of them will, one of them will resonate with you if this one did not. And uh, thank you for letting me be of service. And uh, I look forward to hearing what all of you have to say. And in that vein, I give you full permission to cross-talk. Please talk about my sharing. This, I want you to share what's in your mind and heart. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and talk about it. So thank you for letting me share. I will now move on to the format. Thank you, thank you, thank you.